Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Casual KO. I'm Ryan Dean of Dangerous World. I'm here with Alex. He's joining us again. He's back. We can't get rid of this guy, and I'm glad because, I mean, we I did bad last week. It wasn't because of Jared. It was just because of me. Jared did a great job. Here with Alex from Profit Picks. Here with Jared from Teep Picks. Um, and, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to get into a different card where elevation is going to play a massive role in this. I don't know if you know how high Mexico City is, but it is about twice as high as Denver. So, um, you know, if you think these guys gas out in places like Denver, it's just going to be absolutely insane. But I know Jared knows the elevation. It's 7,300. 7,300 feet, yep. So, uh, like I said, about double of what Denver is. It's the highest uh, elevation of, like, a major city out there so wild there's obviously higher places in the world but not heavily populated like this but it's gonna be crazy man um alex what's going on dude you haven't you weren't here last week had a horrible week um who cost me money uh paul costa cost me money you gave us one pick and i i i was very I lost about cost me money yeah nice. i was very open about saying that was a horrible pick right when you picked it you know <laughs> it was looking good for a little while, but yeah. Um, just Junior Taffa cost me money. That was a rough one. Me money. Um, the over two and a half in the main event cost me money. The only thing I pretty much hit on, I did all right on a round robin. Re- Nakamura not finishing cost me a little bit of a hit. And I hit on Marab in the over two and a half in Costa. And that was pretty much the only thing that kept me alive. Well, hey, you did better than I did, man. Um, Jared, sounds like you had a decent week. Yeah, man, things went good for me. You know, we hit back-to-back whale bets of one FC, rolled those winnings right over to Miranda Maverick and Marab, and we hit a good couple good parlays along the way. Uh, the one I gave out on the show, we had one leg that was voided, but the rest still hit. Solid week for me, man. Crushed it. Nice. Yeah, man. I. Uh... Had a had a horrible weekend. It was another uh, another heartbreaker for me, man. I had um, and I can show you the slip because it's it's just wild how close I get to these fucking huge bets. Uh, fifteen dollars, I think it was, in, for Ilya Taporia to get the knockout in round two in the third minute. It happens thirty two seconds after the third minute. You got greedy, man. Why would you just bet it straight up on the second round then? Because fifteen dollars turns into five hundred and fifty if I would have hit that. I'll take that every day, man, especially how close I've been getting. Um, I will always do those. But usually, you know, I had a rough night heading up to that because, you know, I like dog hunting. The only dog that hit last week was Ilya, right? So, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the week for people that wanted to to do uh, underdog picks. Yeah, I was dog sniping, too. What's that? I was dog sniping, too. It was not going well. Yeah. I mean, normally I would have, you know, Ilya – Round two, Ilya knockout round two, and then like a minute that I like for these big fights like that. Um, I did the same thing with O'Malley and and Sterling, but uh, yeah, just rough, man. Two two big events in a row where that happened, but it's a new week. I'm pretty excited about these. Uh, very interesting matchups. We don't have any heavyweights. We don't have any middleweights even. I think the highest uh, highest weighing folks on the card are at 155. So should be pretty decent, man, with this wild elevation going on. I'm just pulling up topology so we can go through it. Um, what I want to do next week, too, 
is whoever wins, like whoever has the best picks overall on the show, they go through all the fights first. Whoever has second best picks goes through all the fights second. Whoever, you know, sucks the most goes last. I think we should do it like that just to avoid the confusion. And it'll Are you ready for the three-peat? Yeah, well, we'll see. It'll raise the stakes a little bit. Um, but we won't do that this week because no one we weren't keeping score. Uh, I do have the shit written down, but Alex was not here. So hopefully if he's back every week, we can uh, we can do this moving forward. But I'll pull up Tapology here. Um, Alex, since you weren't here, man, why don't you start this off? Uh, I'm I'm actually very confident in these first two fights. I've already got a parlay between the two of them here. Um, I'm not going crazy this week. It's a $50 parlay. It'll give me 80 bucks. Um, you guys see Tapology? Yep. All right, Alex, take it away. Mohamed Nayamov versus Eric Silva, dude. Who do you got? I did good tape on this fight. Um, I was very passionate on Nayamov. I wish the line was a little bit lower because doing tape on him, he he, he never has a good third round. And being at elevation, if anyone's going to gas out on this card, he's top of my list. And I'm worried about him gassing out, but I guess Eric, I'm just wondering if Eric Silva would be able to capitalize on that. So I am heavily on Nymov. I hate that the line is getting smoked, and I wish I got it in earlier in the week, like right when I first saw it on Sunday. You know, it was at minus 260, 280 range. Now it's at minus 400. It got smoked. So, you know, it's in that range where I don't even want to touch it anymore, especially at minus 400. You know, he could be... I guess it's it's worth a shot if you want to live bet Eric Silva if he's down two rounds, but minus four hundred's a little bit too wide. I do like him. I, I do think he can win round one or two. I'm gonna go with round two knockout, but it's just something about this fight, you know. Because every time I did tape on Naimov, he just he looks horrible in the third round. Horrible. He just he's barely there, and um. I'm scared that we're going to see that again this week. Hopefully he gets him out of there before we even see a third round. So I'm going to go with Naimov, round two knockout. I'm not super happy about it, but that's what I'm going to go with. And I'm very upset that everyone's on the same side as me, but I'm sh- hopefully that pushes action late on Eric Silva. I doubt it will. But Eric is now a plus 300 underdog above that as well. So... um we missed the we missed the bandwagon on that. I think it's a fair price for Eric Silva, man. I don't think he's UFC material, but Jared, I'm curious on your thoughts, man. Yeah, I'm right here with Alex. Um, my my picks Naimov by knockout, and I don't think we see a third round. I agree with you, man. We don't we don't see this guy ever have a good third round. He significantly slows down. The thing to consider, though, Eric Silva, lower level, lower strength of schedule, and I think he has a cardio problem himself. Oh, yeah. I think Naimov is probably one of the more sure things on this card. Um, I'm all over him here, man. Eric Silva looked really bad in his debut. He looked bad for two rounds, and then he gassed out and just gave himself up. He showed once he's on his back, he doesn't have a good get-up game. I've seen the guy struggle against guys that really aren't that good. I'm all over Naimov here. I think he's one of the most sure things on this card. Yeah. I'm. Uh, did you say KO round two as well? Yeah, I got KO round one. Um, I, I think that it's just, uh, like you said, I think I'm very confident in this. He's quite a bit younger, 29 versus 36. Same size. These are featherweights going at it. 
Um, Naimov is training out of Elevation Fight Team. I'm pretty sure that's accurate, too. I think I've seen some information on that. And uh, just, I mean, you know, just everything points to to Naimov. Obviously, it's a fist fight. Something crazy can happen. I think that Silva goes 0-3 in the UFC, and he's cut if he's not cut after this. It's just something about him that is very unlikable with his style. Um, I told you I've got Naimov parlayed up with one other fighter that is coming up here. And, uh, Jared, I'll let you start this one off, man. Victor Altamirano, the first Mexican fighting on the card versus Felipe Dos Santos. That gave Manel Cop a run for his money, dude. Strike for strike with him. Yeah, I, I'm sure your second pick here is going to be Felipe Dos Santos, man. He's good. Yes. That fight, he lost a fight, but it's one of those losses you can take a lot of positives away. It reminded me of uh, Diego Lopes making his debut against Mosvar Ivalev. Right. I got, you know, a fight that he was not supposed to win this fight. And like you said, he gave him a run for his money. This dude showed not only is he UFC level, but he's going to end up having a rank next to his name. He's well on his way. 0-1 in the UFC right now against a top-level guy. He's going to turn the ship around. I see him getting a win here. Altamirano, he's not a bad fighter at all. He's someone I'm actually pretty fond of. Uh, he does have kind of an unorthodox striking style. And with that unorthodox style, more so he, he throws a lot of wild hooks. I feel like you got a guy that's throwing more hooks against a guy that's throwing more straight punches. Baltimorano, solid fighter. I like the guy. I don't think this is going to be his night. I think this is Felipe Dos Santos all day. He's already proven he's UFC level. Now he's going to prove he's damn near ready for a ranked fighter already. So give me yeah. Dos Santos all day. I give Baltimorano respect, though. Dude's tough. So I'm going to go with Dos Santos winning the decision. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm uh, I'm right along the lines there with you. Alex, what's your thoughts on this one? I've been back and forth. I don't like how wide the line is. You know, Victor's a little bit more proven, in my opinion. It's just, it makes me wary because there's been other instances where someone had a good debut and they get a little bit too much respect, if mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. You know, I feel like Victor's going to have a little bit more of a wrestling style, and that kind of scares me because that's an easy path to victory for him. You know, Felipe doesn't seem to have very good takedown defense. And it, it worries me that the line movement, I'm worried about the hometown cooking as well. But with that being said, it also Felipe's line's getting smoked a little bit. He's already at plus 300. Um, but he even went as high as, as minus 375. So I guess they had a little bit of comeback on Victor. I just, you know... This fight, I'm more leaning towards the over here. I, I like both of their durability. I just, I'm worried that Victor has more ways to win here. And that's what scares me. I am going to lean Felipe to win a decision. It's just not something I'm going to lay any money on, especially at minus 285, 300 range, because that hometown cooking, man. But this is going to be a trend that I'm worried about on the card. In Mexico City, they like boxers. And that could change a wrestler's strategy where he's trying to make the home the, the hometown crowd happy. So he'll fight a different strategy and a different style just because he's in Mexico City, which is, you know, boxing based. They want to see fist fights. They don't really want to see wrestlers. So if I knew for sure that Victor was going to come in with a heavy wrestling game plan, I would take him at plus 230 here. But it's hard to trust him with that. Another thing that worries me is the age difference. You know, 
he's at the age difference where, you know, he's much more experienced, you know, 10 more years in the game, technically. It's just another one that I'm kind of fishy about. But I guess gun to my head, I'll go Felipe Dos Santos by decision. It's just hard to bet a close fight against a hometowner like this, especially when you know there could be hometown cooking easily. Yeah, there's a little bit of corruption going on in Mexico. I don't know if that gets to the judges in the UFC, but it's definitely a thing. And these uh, Mexicans are very proud, dude. You know what I mean? Like they're they'll support their dudes or their chicks or whatever. But yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think this is going to be as close as a lot of people think. Um, Victor does have the better cardio, I think, and that's kind of like I think you can say that about every Brazilian versus uh, Mexican matchup here. All the I mean, Mexicans are known for their heart. And like just their their willingness to go forward, and Brazilians are kind of known for like this flashy style, especially shooter box. Where there's a few of these shooter box fighters on here from Diego Lima, so it's going to be a good fight. I think it's dope. I think it's a great matchup. But I'm I'm very confident on Santos, and I'm not concerned at all with the things that you're mentioning there, Alex. With the the age difference, I think 23 at flyweight. I mean, you might as well be you know 30. Right. And then uh, Victor Altamirano might as well be 35 because he's nowhere near Volk's skill level. And we just saw what uh, that that father time catches up to everybody, as they say, man. So I think I think the 10 year uh, age gap benefits the younger dude here. So, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Dos Santos decision as well, because, you know, these Mexicans are hard to put out, man. Um, now, this one, I, I'm excited. Like I, I lined it up like this because I wanted to take this one. Um you got Luis Rodriguez, another Mexican versus Denise Bonder, Dennis Bonder, however the hell you spell it. Dennis Bonder has weird shit go on in every single one of his UFC fights. The first time he broke his arm against Malcolm Gordon. A lot of people see that loss against Malcolm Gordon, and they think that Malcolm Gordon actually knocked him out. This is how you know like not everyone does tape watch, right? Um, still, low IQ level moment for Bondar in that. And then when he fought uh, Rodriguez, I think it was, right? Or no, that's who he's fighting, Hernandez. When he fought him, it seemed like he should have absolutely won. He should have probably gone to that ground game a little bit more. I think he does that in this fight. But, when I mean, he got slammed, and I think it was a fair slam. I think that, you know, it was a legit thing that happened. A good wrestling slam by by Hernandez there. And and they called it a no contest. One second left on the clock or something like that. Uh, called it a clash of heads and, and gave it to, uh, to, to you know, a... a the dude on points. So uh, Hernandez on points. Now with Rodriguez, man, I like this guy, but he he lost his contender series fight. I think he won that fight, but he made it close enough to where he lost against a dude that went 0-4 in the UFC. Now I looked at this last fight where he fought another dude named Rodriguez. Uh, his last fight in Lux, I think it was. And my computer's running like shit. So hopefully um, it'll show up here. Let's see. Yeah, Angel Rodriguez in Lux. And Lux is not really well known for, like, skill level. And this dude that he went, I mean, blood and guts with, um, he's a 50-50 fighter, 14 and 13, not a good fighter. Older, 37 years old in this weight class, too, in Bantamweight. Or are they fighting at Flyweight? I think their fight was in Bantamweight. But, man, I, I got to go with Bondar, even though I think that he's the the maybe the less talented guy here. He's older for sure, right? But I got to go with him. I think that he's due a win, and I think he's going to lean more on that wrestling. Luis Rodriguez also showed really bad fight IQ. He had this this older dude hurt that he was fighting last time in Lux. And, I mean, the guy's ankle was fucked. And he did that Max Holloway thing where he points at the 
you know, in the middle of the ring and they just start bombing. And it's like, dude, you just kick this guy's leg two more times. He's done. So uh, this was not that long ago either. So, yeah, give me uh, Denise Bondar. I think he gets a win here and I think he gets a clean win. Um, probably a decision, though. What do you got, uh, Alex? I'm with you on that. I'm all, I'm all over Denise here. Um, or Dennis, whatever you want to call him. How the fuck you spell it? Or say it. Yeah. Um, you know, I did lose on him against Gordon. I was very upset with that because that was a big play for me. I was very passionate on that. But you're right. I do agree with you. He's due for a win here. And I think the UFC's given him another shot because he has entertaining fights. Oh, yeah. You know, the last two fights were very entertaining. And he is a finisher as well. So, you know, I'm more leaning towards the under here, which is plus money. No distance, plus money, plus 115. I think we do see violence here. I mean, technically, Dennis was finished in his first two fights. And, you know, Lewis has finishing capabilities as well with the submission, which is what I would think, and, you know. How long ago was that fight where he had that head injury? Uh, eight, eight months, months ago. ago. That's a good. It's a good amount of time to have your brain heal, I guess. But you know, plus money for a finish in a flyweight fight, you got to take that. I'll take Dennis to win by finish round one. But yeah, my more confident pick is to take the no distance here. I also think that Dennis had two clashes ahead with uh, with hernandez in that last fight too so i mean the guy's got uh, he's he's durable man um what do you got here jared with this one you guys have touched on really every point that i wanted to bring up uh, i mean you guys just yeah you guys nailed it uh rodriguez you know his contender series fight was four years ago against a guy that went 0 four in the ufc and then he's just been crushing cans since then you know he was 14 and two fighting a guy that's 11 and 11 in his last fight. That's crazy. Um, I'm not sold on him. Denise Bondar. He's nothing special himself. He's had a rough go in the UFC so far that unfortunate fight against Gordon. And then the way he went out against Hernandez definitely should count as a knockout against him instead of a technical decision, but whatever. I mean, I wouldn't be banking on either guy here. Give me Denise Bondar to win a sloppy sweaty decision. All right. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have much action on this. I'll probably throw five bucks or something on it. But yeah, it's not going to be one of my big bets. This is another one that's confusing here too. This whole card's full of confusing matchups. Claudio Poyas versus Vers Ziam. Uh, this will be yours, Jared. What do you got here, man? Uh, this is one of those ones where it's a clash of two styles. You know, you got the BJJ guy that's going to be diving for ankles and ugly takedowns and MNRI rolls that's trying to grab a leg and pray. And then you got Ziam who he's an okay striker. You know, he's, he's decently rangy. He doesn't look bad on the feet. My issue with him is he's just kind of low output against a guy like Puelas. You're not going to get much of an output back on the feet. So I guess he has the output to keep him at bay here. Just avoid those weird fluky knee bars and heel hooks. And he should be all right. His takedown defense isn't bad. He got good get-ups. Uh, Puelas doesn't really shoot traditional takedowns anyways. So give me Puelas to pull a Kron Gracie and be pulling guard and flopping all over the map. And uh, CM does it the smart way and wins a rather lackluster decision. And if you're feeling Puelas, there's only one way to bet him, and that's by submission. But yeah, I mean, I, 
Give me ZM. What's that? Oh, I just said, give me ZM. That's it. ZM decision. Uh, Alex, I'm curious your thoughts here, man. I'm on the other way around. I like Puelas. I think he can get the sub. Um, I think this is ZM's, you know, struggle point, which is the grappling, the submission game. I think he does well when he's at range. And I think Poilis, after getting stopped by Dan Hooker and almost having him in an ankle pick, you know, I remember I bet Dan Hooker at plus 1,500 in the first minute of that fight. I couldn't even believe I got those odds, you know. And when they put up odds like that, it's usually, especially early in the fight, it's usually a sign that, you know, someone's someone's um, manipulating the line to bet a huge dog number. And, you know, it ended up hitting. I put like 20 bucks on it. I was like, why didn't I put 100? Um, I did like Dan Hooker in that fight. But I, I think this is a drop down in competition for him. I think he could even win a decision here. I think he has two ways to victory. And I think if he gets Ferez on the ground, he'll be able to handle him. And I believe even on the feet, he'll be able to survive and give himself some opportunities to get in the clinch, get on the fence, and work him. And uh, I like that Poilas is taking some time off. I hope that he comes in improved. Oh. And, um, yeah, I'm going to take a shot on the, the Renzo Gracie-type fighter here. So I like his odds, too, plus 185. You know, it's pretty juicy. Um, this is going to be my second dog shot of the night, I believe. Yeah, it's looking like that because Bondar's a dog. Uh, but we're all on that dog, so hopefully that goes well for us. But, yeah, man, I'm on the same side as you, Alex. I think Poyas gets this, and it's Poyas. Poyas, guys. The two L's makes a Y sound. Fucking Yankees over here. Oh, I'm white, bro. I'm going to say Puelas every time. Puelas. Um, but yeah, dude. So w- what's interesting to me about this is like Alex said, the time off, you can't, I mean, dude, if, if this motherfucker is just practicing jujitsu during that year and three months, he's got to have been practicing striking and takedowns, man. Um, boy, this is striking is not as bad as we think in our heads. He just, I don't think he wanted to stand up with Dan Hooker and I don't blame him. He had a clear advantage on the ground. He almost locked up that, that leg lock or whatever the hell it was. And these French fighters, man, I looked this up. While these French fighters fight the same, it's called savat. Have you heard of savat? Yeah, it's, it's fucking like very weird. boring striking style. It's like the slowest point fight you'll ever see. Yeah, it used to be a lethal fighting system for the French military back in the day, and since they brought it into a competition, it's now it's like point fighting. It's like uh, let's not hit the guy too hard. Let's be respectful of our opponent. So that's why all these guys kind of fight like this. Cyril Gan even kind of does it, but he's so damn strong and powerful that he he can get finishes, especially when they match him up with like the tied to Ivasas of the world. So I think uh, I think this is a real low volume uh, deal for Ziam. He rarely gets over 60 strikes in his 15 minutes, which is disgusting. I mean, like, you, if you're standing up for 15 minutes trading the whole time, you should probably hit 100, I would think, every time or close. So, uh, yeah, man, give me Poyas. Uh, give me a sub probably round one when they're dry, man. If he's if he sticks with these takedowns, he gets this guy down a couple times. I think uh, it might only take one. So I'm going sub round one. Uh, did you have a round in mind, Alex? Yeah, I'll go sub round one as well. Okay, and you got Zion by decision. That is the- actually, I might go sub round three. Ferez gasses out, 
clearly shows a little bit of cardio, but you know, I'll, I'll go against the grain. I'll go round two. We'll go round two. Way yes. Way yes. And then, yeah, you know, for people that are listening too, like just because we're giving these rounds and these methods, it's not necessarily the bet. The bet here is if you're on the Ziam side, Ziam decision and Pueyos, Pueyos, you just take him by, by either the money line because he's already, um, you know, a, a decent sized dog there, almost a two to one dog. And I think that number is going to climb or you take him by sub, right? You don't have to get all crazy with this. And that's something that I really try to, to, to practice. But then I get a couple drinks in me. This one's in Mexico City. So, you know, I'm doing the Mexican food. I'm doing tacos and tamales over here, dude. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start feeling good here after a couple wins and I'll start betting fucking stupid. But this is an interesting fight, too, man. This fight's been made 75 times. Edgar Chires versus Daniel Lacerda or Daniel, whatever, Dos Santos, whatever they call him. He's got 70 names, too. This guy's an interesting character. Probably the most talented, winless fighter in the UFC, man. I love this guy. I watched the CJ Vergara fight. And what a fucking fight, man. You guys ought to watch that again, even if you remember it. It's electric, dude. It is so good. And Daniel Lacerda's spinning attacks are so dangerous. He's the better fighter out of the two of these guys. Uh, but I'm curious. Jared took that last one. Alex, what do you got with this? I'll let you start, man. Yeah, I do have PTSD because I remember I was like, I'm going to bet CJ Vergara live bet him when he's getting beat up in the first and he's plus 200, and I just couldn't pull the trigger because I'm watching it, and I'm like, this doesn't look good. Like, he's a, he could get finished any second. Why am I hesitating on betting this? But uh, I think I ended up betting it at, like, minus 150 when that round one ended. And, uh, you know, it ended up cashing because round two starts. This is another guy if I, at the top of my list. If anyone's going to get hit by that high elevation, it's definitely going to be Daniel Lacerda. He's got 30 you know, seconds he, of cardio. He on. might even gas in the first round this time and not even the second. But, um, yeah, I'm 100% on Edgar here. This is a good live bet opportunity because Daniel always looks good early. He really does. You know, I think after the first two minutes, that line's going to just keep skyrocketing down from minus 380. And uh, I think Edgar is a great live bet spot here. Yeah. If you do, if you don't want to risk it, he isn't a bad parlay piece. I think he's safe, one of the safest guys on the card. And it's, it's just you're going to have a sweaty minute, and you're going to be upset that you didn't just live bet it and got, get him at better odds because, you know, I, I think he's going to start slow in this first two minutes. But in my opinion, he's going to be – in my opinion, he's going to be the first Mexican on the card to get a win. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you, you got him, obviously, KO round one, it sounds like. I'm going to go KO. I'm going to go KO round one. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened in round two or even three. You know, maybe Lacerda shows a little bit of gas at it out of nowhere, or maybe they finally got to him and show, told him to change his game plan. I mean, I... I I think I remember him against Edgar in the first fight kind of starting slow because he only had four strikes. And I remember watching it at the beginning and I was like, why is he starting so slow? It's as if he 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 knows his his flaw right now. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked to see it a little go a little bit further. But I think guaranteed by round three, I think Edgar by finish is like pretty much a lock in my in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think the biggest lock of the card is probably the under on this fight. It's going to be steamed, I'm sure. But yeah, Lacerda's going to gas probably in two or three minutes in this one because he typically does in three or four. Um, I, I'll, I'll just say it real quick, man. I, I'm I know everyone is going to be on the Chires side, but I will actually disagree with the fact that or with your guys' opinion that Chires was winning that first fight. I know that he threw in that submission, but it, I watched that fight back and uh he kind of lucked into that submission, you know, and I know that's a hacky thing to say, but if you watch it, Lacerda was winning that first round. He got the takedown. Um, he landed some better strikes. There was only four of them that he landed, but he did do better. And he looked better than Chires. He looked like he was slowing down a little bit. So I'm going to take Lacerda. I'm going to take him by knockout round one. I think he gets that knockout in the first couple minutes. And I'm definitely going to have him in my DraftKings lineups. I'll have Chires on some too, but, uh, I, I like Lacerda a lot, man, and I think that the UFC wants him in here. I don't think that they really care about Chires. So um, what is he, O and 2? No, yes, he's one. He's O one and 1 in the UFC, obviously better than Lacerda, but I don't know. It seems like they don't really like Chires. Um, Lacerda, they've kept this dude around because he's fucking entertaining, and I think they want more entertaining fighters like that. So Chires is a slow starter. Lacerda gets going quick. Give me Lacerda knockout round one. Jared, what you got? Uh, you, you actually bring up a lot of good points there. The UFC might want this guy around because he is fucking electric. Dude is entertaining. I don't think he really ever, you ever see the guy have a bad first round. Yeah. After that first round, he has horrible cardio. He has no chin. At this point, he has to be fighting for his job because it's pretty incredible that he's still in the UFC. Oh, yeah. I know he's 0-4-1. Realistically, he should be 0-5. If that ref didn't jump in when he did, Lashard was going to end up getting choked out. I think it was a wrap. I mean, I'm on Chiras here all day. I don't, I don't have a bet. I don't have him in any parlays as of right now. I'm not 100 percent sure I'm going to bet him because Lacerda does scare me. That first round, I mean, he is wild. And I remember having Chiras in their first fight, and I was afraid of that first round. But the output of Lacerda in that first round was slow, and it's because he knew he knows he has a cardio issue. You, you have know, to but, at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, the way his career is gone, I mean, it's pretty damn evident what his issue is. But, I mean, as exciting as he is, as funny as he is, this dude be getting hit. He's getting hit almost double as much as he's hitting people. It's just, I, I don't hate anybody for betting Lacerda here. But, I mean, I know I took Mr. Unreliable Michael Johnson. I think this dude might be a little bit more unreliable than that. So, no yeah. thank you on Lacerda. Give me Chires. Leave no doubt. Knock this dude out in a second. Yeah, if you had to fight Daniel Lacerda for just like two minutes, or like if you had to fight him in a street fight, like you're you're fucked. You're you're getting knocked out if you had to fight him like just quick. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately for him, there are rules and time limits and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, I I like him. I think that the UFC wants him, and I am sticking with that. Now, what are we on six? This is back to me. So, Jesus Aguilar, little Jesus, man, this guy's like four feet tall. Jesus Aguilar versus Matouche. Mendonca. Um this is a this is a really interesting fight with with where the the tapology fans and where the books are. The books have whoa, the books have Matosh Mendonca winning by a considerable margin. Um it's not minus 150 anymore. It's something something bigger, I think. And the fans have Jesus Aguilar winning by 75% or so. Um a lot of that's by knockout, which is interesting because the guy is, is a guillotine specialist, which is weird to say, but this guy actually like hunts for guillotines. 
I called guillotine submission in his uh, contender series fight, and that's how he did it. I did not see the knockout over Shannon Ross coming, even though Shannon Ross is dog shit. But um, I, I feel like I have to side with the books here, man. The books tend to be smarter than the public. Matos Mendonca has had a, a, a greater strength of schedule than Jesus Aguilar has. And the one time that Jesus fought somebody good, Tetsuro Tyra, I believe, uh, yeah, he got submitted. So no shame in that, but still not not a loss is a loss. Give me Matos Mendonca, uh probably by decision, I think. Um, Jared, where are you at here, man? Uh, one thing to note about that Tyra fight, Aguilar almost rear naked choke. Tyra within that first minute it was uh it was quite the moment I actually thought he was going to get him out of there for a second of course he did and he ends up getting subbed himself and if I'm not mistaken he has the shortest reach of any man in UFC history that in itself is a tough thing it's a tough thing to bet on man I mean it's not tough to bet on that when he's fighting a guy like Shannon Ross but um Mendonca you know he's been a little underwhelming since being in the UFC being 0-2 the dude's aggressive i I think his chin might be a little dusty, but I mean, he has almost a 12 inch reach advantage in this fight. That's significant. I don't care who you're fighting. Although he's been a little disappointed. I mean, he's just, you got two aggressive guys. I think it's going to be a fun one, man. I think if anything is certain in this fight, it's that somebody is probably getting finished. Um, and I hate to side with the tapology people. Cause usually when I see more people on tapology are taking the underdog, automatically just take the favorite so i don't know i'm gonna side with aguilar i'm gonna say he gets a knockout in the second round i think i'm more concerned with the chin of mintonka than i am reach of aguilar sure probably not a great bet not sure if i'd recommend tailing it but i think it's a good fight to just sit back and watch but for the sake of a pick give me aguilar round two ko or if you try to take him down he's going to get you in a guillotine yeah, he seems to be really good at those, man. And I thought the the longer arms were better for those kinds of submissions, but it seems like he's able to make this work. And um, yeah, everything in my head says the exact same thing that you're saying, Jared. But I just can't follow tapology over the books. You know, the books they they're there for a reason. So uh, everything in my being is saying Bet Aguilar, but everyone else is thinking that same thing. So I gotta I gotta zag when everyone's zigging. But Alex, what do you think with this one, dude? I'm with Jared on this one. I like Jesus. I do like a double method, though, and I wouldn't mind betting this as well, where uh, you can hit Mateus by sub or Jesus by KO, even though Jesus has some submission attempts as well and a submission threat. I think that's a good way to hit it. But another bet that I'm probably going to take as well is the no distance or even the under 2.5 at minus 150. But either way... If you want to take a side, I'm going to take a shot on the third dog of the night, second Mexican of the night. I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm going to go with round two. I'm going to go with round three KO. He shows some cardio. Round three KO, huh? Okay. That's not a bad pick, actually. It's going to be some steamy odds. Jesus, huh? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this guy is, he's good, dude. He's definitely good. Uh, I think he's underrated. He was underdog in his, uh, in his contender series performance as well. So guys kind of slept on, but I think he, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely an interesting fight. Now here we got Christian Quinones versus Hione Barcelos. 
Uh, I'm going to step away for just a second, but uh, Alex, take this one away. We got a young Mexican versus a 36 year old bantamweight. That's usually not a good look, and especially at uh, elevation. Interesting look, but what do you think with this man? And then Jared, just go ahead. This is the one where I'm fading the Mexican now. I I like Rayoni. I think he's fought so much better competition. I think he has multiple ways to win, especially given that he showed a very nice wrestling game plan in his last win, which was against, who was it? We bet him in that fight as well. Trevin Jones, you know, he got a good amount of takedowns. I think the Umar loss was, you know, it's just a pass, you know, because Umar is just uh, the next contender, in my opinion. Kyler Phillips' fight was super close as well. I thought that was a sweat, and I had Kyler in that fight. But I think this is going to be a little bit of a step down. I think he's going to outpoint him, you know. And I'm scared of hometown cooking, per usual. Like any fight that any guy that I'm picking to win a decision against a Mexican, I'm going to be sweating when I get to the judges. But regardless of that, uh, I got to go with Rayoni. He's proven to me. He's he's a vet, and I, I think he's gonna he's gonna work Christian. I think if Christian gets a little bit too much room on the feet, he can change his game plan, get some takedowns. You know, I'm just worried about if the judge, what kind of judges we're going to get this week and who they're, what kind of strategy they're going to bend the knee to. Whether it's they're going to give a little bit more towards the strikers or if they're going to give fair credits to whoever gets more wrestling control time. You know, we'll pretty much know by the first decision of the night. So hopefully by then, maybe I'll wait to put my bet on Rayoni to see how they're judging these fights early on. But currently, I, I like Rayoni. I think the line's pretty much where it should be. And um, yeah, after two Mexicans win in a row, I don't see a third one happening. Yeah, I actually like uh, I like a lot of your points there. And I think Jared, I think, has a hot take on um, on how the judges are going to see this. I, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that you're thinking, and I would agree, that the judges are going to prefer the strikers, right? Of course, man. Assume, I mean, being in Mexico, how do you not assume that, right? Right. The crowd's going to go nuts every time a Mexican lands a punch, man. Yeah, so exactly. It's going to be crazy. But, Jared, what do you think on this, dude? You know, I, to what Alex said, man, Barcelos is – he's the more proven fighter here. I mean, Quinona's guy, he's one-on-one in the UFC. He's got solid power. He does have good striking. His last fight, his grappling got exposed with him getting submitted by a striker. Uh, in my opinion, Quinones, he he's just not proven enough for me. I know Barcelos, he's, you know, lost four out of his last fights. He He's kind of looked a step behind as of recent. Maybe that age is really starting to catch up with him. One thing I need to point out about him, Ryan Barcelos, his last two wins are against guys that have been cut from the UFC. His last win against a current UFC fighter was back in 2019 against Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, it's it's a tough fight, but I got to go with the more proven guy, man. I just got to go with what my eyes tell me. And what my eyes tell me is Barcelos is the more proven fighter, and I think he can absolutely hang on the feet. And if that's not going well, he has a clear path to victory on the ground. The fans might not like it, but I think that'd be the smartest way for him to play this fight. Although he can hang on the feet, he's got a path on the ground. Give me Barcelos to be, get a hard-fought decision win here. Okay. And did you say decision as well, Alex? I missed that. Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep this one quick because there's no uh, there's no real solid thought process for me. I'm just going with the younger local dude, um, the guy that I think is going to fight 
accordingly. And I'm just not, I know, I know Hione is good, but I just don't know how good he is anymore, you know? So I got to go with, uh, with the young Mexican man. So give me that. Give me, uh, I think an under is actually live here for, for either fighter. I think either fighter could get a finish, but, um, yeah, give me, uh, give me Quinones, probably knockout round two. I'm going to go, um, hard to knock out. Well, not anymore, but yeah, I think it's going to be a nice little KO in round two. I don't even know how to spell Quinones. We'll just guess. Um, moving on to the next one here. On up the card, Manuel Torres versus Chris Duncan. This is such a good fight, dude. Um, Alex, do you want to take this one away? I'm back on number nine. Go for it. This is another one I was upset I didn't bet early. It opened up at even odds. Now Manel is sitting at minus 165. That is the side that I liked. Yeah. And, you know, I like the double method as well. I like Manel by KO, Chris Duncan by submission. That's probably the only way to attack this under right now because the under two and a half is sitting at minus 500. Hmm. And even then, you know, that, that makes me want to take a shot on the over two and a half, over one and a half. You know, there is definitely a scenario where this fight goes over. There's some of the younger guys, and these younger guys probably have better cardio than the older vets on the card, you know? Rayoni does scare me because his round three stats are probably going to be lower than his first two rounds. So I am on Manel. I do think he gets a KO round one. But there's a little something in the back of my head that says this fight can go a little bit longer. It can be a sweaty decision. And another thing that scares me, especially laying more juice than it was at even, which is this was going to be a good big size bet for me. But now that the line's getting juice, you know, it's scaring me away a little bit because it's forcing it to be like a parlay now. So I do like, I, I do worry that Manel can get taken down. I'm worried about how he looks off his back. We haven't seen him how he looks off his back. And we know Chris Duncan can can grapple. And I know Chris Duncan and his coach and his team are going to tell him, and especially if you see Torres' first two fights, you're not going to come in here and brawl with him. I are, I'm pretty confident that Chris is going to come in here with a grappling game plan, and that scares me. But... I, I do like Manel Torres. I might be a little bit biased because I, I enjoy his fighting style. But if anyone deserves to go off on this fight card and make the the hometowners go crazy, it's going to be Manel. I just think it could be a close fight. I, I think the over-under is very suspicious. And I think even Manel could win a decision as well. So I'll, I'll go Manel round one KO. Not super confident. But I wouldn't be shocked if he won a decision. It's just... It makes me worry because I know Chris Duncan's team is going to be smart and they're going to be telling him, hey, you need to come in with a wrestling game plan. Yeah, he likes to brawl, though, man. And uh, that chin has been put through some tests for for Duncan. Um, I'm on that same side as you, dude. I got uh, Manuel Torres. I already had it written down here. KO round one. Guy's a beast, man. And uh, I think he's going to come out here and show out for his Mexicans. What do you got here, Jared? Well, Chris Duncan, he's got to wrestle. If he wants to win this fight, that's the only way he's going to win. And train that ATT, you know they gave him that game plan. So I expect him to come in here wanting to wrestle. And, you know, he's just a guy that I don't actually think he's the most skilled guy. I think he kind of is one of those guys that he just relies on heart and brute force 
And at this level of fighting, it takes more than that to get by, especially oh, yeah. against a guy like Manuel Torres. This dude is a finisher. He's super aggressive. He's fucking sharp. He's rangy. He doesn't mind getting to a brawl fighting in the pocket. He got hard elbows. I mean, this dude is a fucking killer. I think the ceiling's super high for him. I think he's going to put out for the hometown. Give me Torres to smoke Duncan in the first round. We all got him by knockout round one, so that means it's going the distance. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, okay, KO round one for all of us. I like that, though, man. I feel confident in it. We might... We might be kind of on the uh, square side of this, though. You know, a lot of people might be on that side. Now, I'm interested in what you guys think with this, man, because, you know, Yasmin Yaraguay versus Sam Hughes is an interesting fight. People want to hate on Sam Hughes. Um, you know, her face is annoying. I uh, There's this one show I like listening to. It's kind of like more entertainment, but they call her Sam, Sam Stankass Hughes just because she looks like she stinks. I don't know what it is. I feel bad for the girl. But, uh She's she's talented, man. She's got heart. Let me let me take that back. She's not the most talented, but she has heart like crazy. And Yasmin just coming off her first KO, I think it's interesting. If this is a cardio situation and and, and they're grinding it out for three rounds, I think Sam has a serious chance here. But I gotta go with the the Mexican favorite. They're trying. I mean, Sam Hughes has been an underdog in every single one of her UFC fights, and she's won a couple of them. I don't know where she exactly stands. Three and four. Three and four. So she's been an underdog seven times with the exception of Elise Reed, I think. Um, that was the only layup that she ever got. And uh, she's good, dude. She's good. Like, like it or not, her style's effective for women's MMA. She's just one of these mean people, and she can get there by just being mean. It's almost like that's a huge advantage for women's MMA is just being willing to get hit. Um it's gotten Mackenzie Dern this far, right? I, I really don't even think her jiu-jitsu is as good as everyone says it is, but she's definitely tough. So with all that said, just give me the no-brainer pick here. Yasmin Uruguay, probably decision, maybe knockout round two. Um, I know that those are two opposite things, but I'm worried if this gets dragged out and Yasmin doesn't dominate in rounds one and two, like borderline 10 eights. Sam Page is going to come back and do something wild. But, yeah, give me Yasmin for the sake of this round two knockout. Um, Jared, what you got? Dude, I'm glad you mentioned what you did about Sam Hughes because it's all true. She's been, a dog, she's been a dog in every fight. She does look like she's fucking smelly. But, <laughs> dude, she's she got, she got some heart, man, and she yeah. definitely has some cardio. One thing that I really like about her, it's not going to apply in this fight because I don't think Yasmin is – has shot a takedown in any of her three UFC fights. But just one thing I love about Sam Hughes, she's one of those fighters when she ends up on her back, she doesn't accept positions. She has a great get-up game. She's The girls just always work. Every second of the fight, she's trying to win. She listens to her corner. I mean, she's a lot better than her record indicates. The yeah. line on this fight is way too wide. Oh, yeah. Yasmin, I've been a fan of her since she came into the UFC. I, I like the girl. She's tough, pretty. Real solid striking. She's fast, high volume. And, you know, she seems to do her best work when she's blitzing. When she's putting girls on the back foot and she's leading the dance. She's the aggressor. That's that's what she does best. She got a girl at Sam Hughes. She's tough, man. She's tough. And I don't think she's smart enough to know it's not a good idea to meet her in the center. I think if Sam's smart, she's going to implement some wrestling here. But I just, I don't think it's going to matter. Yasmin's so sharp. She's only 24 years old. She got so much room to grow. 
girls. You look at Sam Hughes' four losses in the UFC, they're against pretty good girls. You look at her three wins, they're not that great of girls. I, th- I just think Yasmin's on the other side. I just think she's a bit better. I think she's going to be a step ahead. Um, the one thing I'll concede with Sam Hughes, when Yasmin gets in these ground and pound situations, which I could see her hitting Hughes and Hughes ends up on her back, when she ends up in these ground and pound situations, I see her overextend. When she's overextending, she's usually fighting girls that aren't BJJ girls or they just don't have that strong of a ground game. She's open for arm bars and triangles every strike she throws on the ground. I wouldn't be shocked to see Sam Hughes throw up a fluky sub here, but I'm going to take the pussy way out. Give me Yasmin to win a decision. a boy. Decision, huh? That's interesting. Um, yeah, I respect man, uh, Hughes, man. She's tough. And if we're going into the third round, I really have to believe Hughes is going to be the fresher fighter. And I'm going to be sweating my nuts off for five minutes. Yeah, that's why I'm hoping that we get a finish here. I I know, uh, I don't know him personally, but I watch a a show where the capper there is a huge fan of Sam Hughes, and he's like, I can't get there. I can't bet on her in in this fight. Even though she's a huge dog, all this stuff, he can't get himself there. So interesting, you got the decision. I got the round two knockout. Where are you at on this one, Alex? You siding with us? I'm 100% siding with you guys. I'm a little bit more confident than you guys do. Um, another third fight on the card that I didn't wish I bet it earlier. It was minus 380 on the open. It's gotten smoked. It's at minus 500 and rising right now. Disappointing, you know, minus 550, minus 600 on some books. That should tell you right there how this fight's going to go. In my opinion, I think Yasmin gets her second finish. I think she's going to light her up on the feet. She's got 100% takedown defense. I think Sam Hughes isn't going to get a takedown. She's going to get her face jabbed off. She's going to get a, a couple of cuts opened up. You know, all that scar tissue is going to come into play, in my opinion. And I think she, she'll show some toughness. But I, I'm thinking of Dr. Stoppage, round two. Stoppage, huh? Round three. Because I think it's going to go to a round three and Jasmine gets a little tired. But she just jabs her up a couple more times. The eye swells up. And the doctor comes in and says, yeah, let's show us some mercy. But uh, I'm going to go with the Dr. Stoppage round two. Is that McGregor? Yeah, a little Dr. Stoppage. Yeah, yeah, that's not a stoppage. Yeah, dude, uh, when he's sitting there with his legs in a few pieces. Um, Dr. Stoppage, what round? Because this would be a KO. Two? Yeah, so you're siding with me on this one. It, that's interesting, man. Like, I, I feel like that's, like Jared was saying, round three is kind of where the tide turns. If it gets there. So, yeah, going to be a, a wild little thing. Alex, you can turn around and start this one. Uh, everybody's favorite, uh, what is this, Nino Problema, the problem child, I think is his name. Same nickname as Jake Paul, for the record. I just despise this fight. I want to stay so far away from this fight. It's rough. Something, something tells me I want to bet Ricky. Something just wants me to okay. bet Ricky. You know, If he can keep this fight standing, he's not going to look like no plus 210. I'll tell you that right now. He isn't going to look like no plus 220. It's just, uh, if he does get it to get him down, it's just, it should be over. You know, Raul should be improving massively in between every fight. I mean, I trust him a little bit more than Chase Hooper. You get what I'm saying? And um, I guess Ricky Tercios, his volume has really upset me in the past. He's kind of fights like a lot of WMMA women out there where he's just hitting air, punching at air. And I, I don't like his striking accuracy at all, especially, you know, who was that fight he lost against? Um, Christian Rodriguez. What are you talking about, Tercios? As a hobby. 
fought to hobby and he could have easily won that fight. He just wouldn't commit, wouldn't go into the pocket, and he was just swinging at air the whole time. And that that fight really upset me. But you know, I think he does have a path to victory here, which is just keep it standing. But um, definitely staying away from this fight. This fight scares me. There's something about it that just makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I think even if he wins the fight, they'll just rob him on the scorecards. This is just the fight where I don't want to take a chance going to a decision. I guess there's a good double method bet. You could go Raul. I would go Raul submission or I would go Tercios decision. But even then, you know, you might get some good odds on that. But this is a fight I'll stay away from. Gun to my head. Uh, gun to my head. I'll go Raul Rosas by decision. Wet blanket. And uh, he has he's the boring Mexican of the night. He's the Mexican that doesn't get the crowd going. And they don't boo him out of respect. But they'll just... I, I believe the crowd's going to be disappointed by this fight. But, you know, maybe the crowd gets eggs him on and he fights a stand-up battle with Ricky, which will give Ricky a chance. And um, it's just too many questions in this fight for me. The line is fishy as well. And um, I don't know. I've I've been back and forth on this. Something really makes me want to take Ricky in this spot. I just can't pull the trigger here. But gun in my head, I'll, I'll go Raul Rosas by decision reluctantly. And I would not suggest anyone bet on this fight at all. Uh, Pro Schmo Betts got a heavy 40% of his balance on Raul Rosas this week. I don't know what he's seeing in this, but um, he's super confident in this fight. I'm curious to see what you guys think because I'm staying far away. Jared? Um, Raul Rosas, I'm just going to say it, man. This kid offers absolutely nothing on the feet and everything on the ground. He's an outstanding grappler. That's all I can give him. This kid's got no striking, man. And not only does he have no striking, he's a 19-year-old with a questionable gas tank. I can't get behind that. The two guys he beat in the UFC, Jay Perrin, who we know, he's been cut. Terrence Mitchell, if he hasn't been cut yet, he's going to be. That guy was just, you know, he was just a can waiting to get crushed. I mean, I'm not impressed with either of Rose's UFC wins. And then the one challenging opponent he had, he got dog walked. Now, I look at Ricky Tercios. He's not great. But at least he has higher level experience and at least he can strike. I mean, he needs to drag this fight out, try to take this kid into deep waters and just keep them on the feet. I mean, he has okay grappling. It's nowhere near the level of Rose's. But if he can keep this on the feet, every second this fight's on the feet, he should be winning. it. And that Terrence Mitchell KO for Rose's, that shouldn't skew any opinions that Rose's can strike because he was fighting an absolute bum who's not UFC level. I mean... When it comes down to it, I just can't take a guy that can't strike. So give me Ricky Tercios to win a decision. Hey, man, I'm on the same side as you, Jared, for all the reasons that both of you guys said. Um, Raul Rosas, I, I'll say it, man. He's not good. He's good for a 19-year-old. He's And he's not even a grappling prodigy, man. I forget, like, there, there's some excellent grappling prodigies that are younger than this dude that would fucking smoke him, you know? Um, the questionable cardio is wild you know what i mean like this was only 10 months ago not even a year ago that christian rodriguez gassed him out now yeah rodriguez you know he's a cheater he fucking weighs in he missed the last two 
you know, bantamweight weights against him and Cameron Simon. I think Simon would have beat his ass if he just cut that extra pound because Simon is a good fighter. He's quality. He's very, very talented. I don't see anything in Rosas, man. They've they've given him these fucking pillow matchups. This is like a closely lined fight, and I think in a close fight, the the kid just doesn't have what it takes. And and I think that he might actually kind of have his ego boosted a little bit from that knockout over uh, what was it, Terrence Mitchell? Is that who it is? Yeah. Um, and like usually I'm very open to talk shit about fighters. I I can't talk shit about Terrence Mitchell or Jimmy Flick, man. They both seem so nice. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll talk shit about the dear, the Darius flowers of the world who are total pricks. And like Darius flowers needs to learn how to take losses. How like uh Jeff Neal did dude, Jeff Neal. No one even talks shit about Jeff Neal after that loss because Jeff Neal goes out on Instagram, posts a big fat L and says, I'm never going to give a lackluster performance like that. Again, Darius flowers goes out there and blocks everybody that comments negatively on his posts. What a pussy. I fucking hate that dude. Um, but yeah, man, give me Tercios. Um, give me Tercios by decision. And Jared, I'm sorry, I forgot. I did not hear your method for Tercios. Was it decision as well? Yeah, it was decision. Alex, just wear him out, man. Just drag this thing out. Raul decision. But right. I want to ride you guys so bad. Well, no, I got your decision for Rosas, and and I think that that's, dude. If it's even remotely close, Raul Rosas gets this. You know, so it's got to be it's got to be a thirty twenty six for Tercios to get this, but I actually think that's possible, man. Even though Tercios isn't the greatest, um, he's better than Rosas, man. I think just about every bantamweight out there is better than Rosas. They're matching him up very strategically, and um, it's good. You know, it's a good gimmick, but I don't know. I I guess I I want him to uh, to prove himself, and I want him to you know at least be old enough to drink before I really bet on him confidently. Um, Daniel Zellhuber, who started that last one? I think it was you, Alex. Um, Jared, Daniel Zellhuber versus Francisco Prado. Two prospects, man. Kind of weird seeing this matchup so early in these guys' UFC careers. But a couple Spanish speakers, one Mexican, one Argentinian. Who you got in this one, Jared? This is a pretty good fight, man. I mean, look at Prado. He, he's a wild dude. He's got some power in those hands. And and that's like most guys training out of goat shed. They're fucking wild. These guys just throw caution to the wind. They're looking to take your head off. Um, he has a usually has a wild start. He does tend to slow down after that. And, you know, I, I like the entertaining, man. I, I, I like the entertainment of you're just going out there to fight. You're trying to take somebody's head off. But when you're slowing down significantly after that, that's not a sustainable style. You look at Zellhuber, he's fast, he's long, and his striking is a lot more technical. Um, and he's, he's a guy that he seems to be improving from fight to fight. And his last fight definitely showed that he has a ground game, which is great to know. And it's that's a, probably something you might need against a guy like Prado if you want to wear him down and take some of that danger away. Because the dude is dangerous. He could absolutely win by knockout here. But I'm going to take the kid that I think has the higher ceiling as a prospect here. I think he's just – I think he's better. He's longer. He's sharper. Yeah, the only way he loses here, in my opinion, is he gets knocked out. The longer this fight goes on, I think the worse it's going to be for Prado. So give me Zellier to win a decision. If you're on the Prado side, probably take a knockout. Or if you're undecided, you know, you can always look at the odds for a double method. Prado by KO, Zellier by decision. But I'm just going to take the sharper dude here. So the guy that I see improving. So give me Zellier. 
I'll actually raise you on that idea. I think that you got to take Prado by knockout round one. I think that's the way to go here because he gasses, dude. Um, I'll say real quick before Alex gets his take. Um, I heard someone bring this up and I forget who it was, but this is just like Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary, man. Just lower level. Like Ian Gary would be Lorenzo Huber and Jeff Neal would be Francisco Prado, the power puncher versus the technical longer dude. Um, if if Zell Huber fights how Ian Gary did, kind of makes it a boring fight. The Mexicans aren't going to like it, but you got to get out there and do what you got to do to get a win. I'm sure that they'd rather have their golden boy win than uh, get knocked out by a fucking Argentinian. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. the way they're going to see that. So, yeah, dude, I, I actually have Daniel Zell Huber knockout round three. I think that Prado gasses so hard and Zell Huber stays fresh and gets this thing done in round three, possibly even late round two. But, uh, Alex, where are you at on this, dude? I've been back and forth on this. I'm a big fan of Prado. You know, I, I like how this guy fights. I, I just, I, I'm a big fan, and I, I really hope he does well. But um, I got to tell you, you know, Daniel Zellhuber, his his output does drop as the rounds go down as well. He's a guy who's going to gas. And I think if the later rounds are low output, it's going to come down to who does the most damage in the first you know what I mean? They might have that one FC kind of vibe where it's, you know, they'll they'll score the whole fight overall. And I want you to let, let you guys know there's only one golden boy who represents Mexico, and it ain't Daniel Zell Huber. You know, it, it's um, Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> so um, he's kind of stealing, you know, a mainstream name in Mexico. And, you know, I don't know how they're going to feel about that. Dude, the Mexicans but, uh, love this guy, man. They fucking yeah, love Zell Huber. Yeah, so, you know, there might be a little bit of inside cooking when it comes to this fight, in my opinion. Uh, I, I trust both of their carios here. I, I think they're both going to do all right. I think the over is a good bet in this spot, over one and a half. I think Zell Huber can keep him, keep his distance. I think Zell Huber could even get a couple takedowns and mix it up, even if he gets hurt, you know? So he does definitely has paths to victory, and he has more options available. He has more tools in his toolbox, and that's why he's a rightful favorite in this. It's just scary when you see him not show up against guys like um, Trey Ogden. You know, if he shows up like he did against Trey Ogden, you know, you're going to be wishing you never bet the fight. But hopefully he still shows his latest improvements like he did in his last two fights. And if he does, he should be able to easily point himself to a decision because Prado's so low volume, he'll headhunt the whole time. And, you know, in my opinion, I think Daniel Zellhuber will be able to eat those shots or at least a couple of them, dodge the rest. And if he ever does get hurt, he'll be able to mix it up, get a takedown. But uh, the size advantage goes a big way here. You know, the reach advantage is outrageous at eight inches. So he should be able to just, you know, stay on his bicycle and jab his way to a victory here. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Daniel Zellhuber by unanimous decision. 30-27 sounds like. Maybe 29-28 we'll get in there. What do we think, guys? Are we going to go to the... Uh... Are we going to go to the fucking uh, Sphere event for the next Mexican Independence Day? When is that? September. September something. I'm fucking down if you guys are. 
Dude, Big I'm money to see. Those so, tickets are going to be obnoxious, though, man. Yeah, and if you get cheap seats, you're going to get the. You're not even going to get like a good experience. Yeah, that so. that obstructed view thing. I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, you got to drop the balance on seats there. Yeah, you have to. I would spend I would spend like a thousand on on some tickets, and that's not going to be awesome seats, but probably decent, right? Because that that seats a lot of people, dude. They don't need to make these fucking crazy two million dollar seat prices like they had for Madison Square Garden with John Jones and Stipe. You know what I mean? The, I think that the seat, the seats will be cheaper, and it's for Mexican Independence Day, man. They do these cards for free for a reason. Like Dana's a savvy businessman; he knows that the people that go to these they don't have as much money, dude. And that's not me talking shit about Mexicans because they're fucking hard workers, man. I got a lot around here, and I'm partially Mexican. They just factually don't have as much money, man. That's why they do these cards for free. Um, this is a pay per view quality card with Brandon Moreno and Brandon Roy Val headlining. Yeah, year Rodriguez, Brandon Ortega. It's better than some pay-per-views this year already, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I, I think it might be an interesting thing. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll put a pin in it. Um, yeah, year Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. Uh, my, I'm up here. Interesting fight. Almost a one-dimensional grappler versus almost a one-dimensional striker. Almost. I say almost for a reason because both these guys have I mean, they're both well-rounded. I, I would say that Yair is probably the little bit more well-rounded. Brian Ortega was a big favorite in their last fight before he hurt himself. Um, and now that's flipped, like, big time. And I don't really know why. Um, uh, without without going on and on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take T-City in this one, dude. I'm going to take Brian Ortega. I think he's dangerous. I think he fucking gave Volk a way harder fight. And he had him when he was younger. Then Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez looked like shit, dude, against Volk. He got his fucking ass beat. So give me the submission specialist. Give me somebody that can hold his own on his feet. He's tough as shit, dude. Brian Ortega can take a punch. Um, I'm going to trust that his that his, uh, elbow or whatever the hell it is, uh, shoulder healed up. That's a tough thing to, to, to assume. But this is almost, this is over a year and a half ago when he hurt himself there. Um, Yair's going to be dangerous on the feet and i think brian ortega is going to know that i think he tries to get it to the ground early and often and i think he's going to be watching those kicks he's going to be watching those weird strikes when he goes in for shots i think they're going to be very opportunistic he's not gonna you know he's not going to try and get caught with any of those like weird elbows that that this dude threw up against like the korean zombie and shit like that right so ortega's very savvy i think he's smarter i think after uh you know getting away with uh from tracy cortez she's got to be toxic dude She's got, even though she's beautiful, she's got to be a drain to be around just because she's so hot and, you know, she probably knows it. So, yeah, give me Brian Ortega. Give me submission round two or three, man. I think he gets it done a little later. I think, yeah, you're actually gases in this. Um, Alex, what do you got here, dude? That's a really good take. I've been super back and forth on this fight. I, I thought the line was fishy given that. Brian hasn't fought in a couple years. It's plus 135, lost to him already. But when you do look at the stats on paper, it does start to make sense. I mean, in Brian Ortega's last four fights, he's gotten more takedowns against every single guy he's fought. Mm-hmm. Against Volkanovski, he's got two. Against Yair, he had one. Against Korean Zombie, he had three. And against Holloway, he had two. And on the other end, Yair... His last four fights, he's gotten taken down more often than than he got. He got he in his last four fights, he's had one takedown, and he's been taken down twelve times in his last four fights. So I mean, 
That's if fine. you really want to put it on paper, the bet here pre is Ortega because he's technically going to be winning the fight early. He's going to be winning more rounds, and that line's going to swap, and he'll be the favorite. So, I mean, he should show improvement. You really should think, too, you know, I've said this in the past on older cards with us, you know, what's the mentality of these guys who lose a championship fight? You know, are their heads still in it? Are they still hungry? You know, you just watch a guy knock out the guy who knocked you out, you know. What's your self-esteem like? What are your goals like? It's probably hard to keep that momentum up. And I think T-City has had a lot more time to grow. I honestly do like the time off. Yeah. You know, I do. You know, he's letting his brain heal. You know, obviously that shoulder injury is a little bit fishy because we've seen what happened with people like Dillashaw. You know, those shoulder injuries are horrible, and they can come back with a vengeance. So, you know, it does make me worry. This is a fight I'm probably going to stay away from. I was leaning Yair. My main bet on this is over one and a half rounds at minus 300. I think that's an easy parlay piece. Great parlay piece. I think that's a solid bet. I don't think it's losing at all. And I'm going to pound that with a lot of legs. Maybe even round robbing it. But, you know, the line's fishy. And Brian Ortega has a Mexican background as well. You know, this is the one where I don't really see too much. uh, Okay. Fucking, you know, because Ortega's got that Mexican heritage too that he reps. So, you know, I see this fight going to a split decision. I was going to take Yair by split. But I could see this fight having a little bit of controversy, and they give it to Ortega, just given to just to keep the division a little bit more interesting. Since he did have a closer fight against Volkanovski, he almost submitted. Oh, yeah. So you know, I'm gonna stick with my gut and go Yair by split. But I won't probably won't be betting this fight. I could easily change my pick by fight time after doing a little bit more tape. But I'm a fan of Ortega, you know. I, I placed one of my biggest bets of my life when he fought Cheng Sung Jung at mm-hmm. Dog Money. And, you know, he had a much better fight against him than Yair did. You know, Yair was losing that fight, if he anything. He didn't win one minute of that fight, dude. Yeah. And uh, Brian Ortega beat him almost every single round, in my opinion. Yeah. It wasn't sweat. Yeah, I so, bet on Ortega pretty big on that Volk fight. And when he had that fucking guillotine locked up, I was like, holy shit. Um, you look at these guys, man, especially in recent recent years, they only lose to good people. And I'll actually say that Brian Ortega, you know, he's he's fought the better competition. They fought a lot of the same guys. But you don't see a Frankie Edgar loss on, on his resume. You don't see a, a loss to whoever the fuck this dude is. Never even heard of him, to be honest. Um, this is Yair's resume here. And then, of course, they both have lost to Max Holloway and Volk. And that loss that Ortega had to Yair is fluky. It happens still. It counts as a loss. But, uh, yeah, dude, I just see no no real advantage for Yair here, dude. Um, other than that that excellent striking that he has. But, I don't know. I was riding high on him. I actually thought he could beat Volk. And I felt stupid as soon as that fucking bell rang. So, um, who do you got here on this one, Jaron? We were due for a big fat disagreement and we got it. I'm all over Yair here. I don't think Ortega for a second. Um, I'm not going to go with who had the better fight against Volkanovski or who had the better fight against Zombie because Volkanovski and Zombie aren't in the cage. It's Ortega and Yair. Sure. Yair's striking is world-class. Ortega's ground game, world-class. 
I know a lot of people argue Ortega had a real good fight against Volkanovski. He had that guillotine that was fucking, you know, he was seconds away from being champ. Other than that, he was getting his ass kicked that fight too. He got beat up, yeah. You know, even prior to the shoulder injury, the past couple of years, he's been inactive. The guy's fighting one time a year. He's somehow still holding on to the number four rank. I mean, there's a clear gap on the ground and there's a clear gap on the feet. Striker versus grappler. I'm going to side with the striker. I, I think we got a glimpse into where this fight was going the first time, regardless of that injury. I'm all over Yair here, man. I, I just, I think he's better. And I personally, I think their careers are going to be moving in two different directions after this, because this fight has the potential to be a number one contender fight. Yair being ranked number two, Ortega being ranked number four, a big performance here. You can make an argument for a title shot next. And with that, you know, Volkanovski no longer being champ, this could give both these guys some new inspiration. I actually think Yair versus Tapori in Spain is pretty compelling. Oh, yeah. Give me Yair, man. Give me my ear to fucking... I, I'm sure he's going to get taken down. I don't doubt it. But you know what? I think he's going to get back up, and I think he's going to have the bigger, more important moments. Give me Yair by decision, man. I, I'm just... I, I can't take Ortega here. Yeah, I hear you. I know that you like the striker too, and typically I do as well, but I don't see Ortega as just a submission specialist. I think he's decent everywhere. I think that how many knockouts does this dude have? No, I agree with you, man. Like neither of these guys are like one dimension. I don't cons I don't consider either of them bad in any area. You just consider them stronger in some areas than the other. I just I'm all over Yair here, man. I maybe I'm a little biased towards the exciting striker, but I don't care. I'm on Yair. You know, it does go both ways, too, because uh, although Ortega had the better fight against Volk, who had the better fight against Holloway, you know, definitely Ayer, you know. But um, the thing is, is that I, I think Brian Ortega is improving. I think he showed improvement ever since that Holloway fight. And I I think Ayer's yeah, obviously shown improvement ever since the Frankie Edgar fight as well. It's just, you know, who do you think who do you think is going to show more improvement on this two-year layoff, you know, Brian Ortega or, you know, I think he's got more questions around him given his injury, given what he's been working on. But as far as Yair, you know, coming off of that loss against the champ by knockout, you know, how long ago was that? Eight months ago, nine months ago. Um, it's just I'm worried about where his head's at. You know, I'm worried about whether he's in it for the money at this point. You know, at least he's fighting in Mexico. You know, he's going to have a little bit more to fight for, you know, and that might help his motivation a little bit. He's saying, yeah, yeah, you know, but I, I think I would have been a little bit more confident in Brian if this wasn't in Mexico City. Yeah, that's tough, especially after a long layoff. And, and you know, Yair's taken enough time, seven months. That's double what Volk took after he got knocked out by – uh by by islam and dude you know i saw this really sad theory that's out there and i got another little conspiracy to throw at you about this fight before we move on because this last one we're not going to spend too much time on i don't think um the uh there was a meme out there that volkanovsky's decision to fight islam makachev off the couch might put him in like a tony ferguson spot now like he might just go out there and just get knocked out every time he goes out and fights from now on because of that horrible decision and then, you know, we, this guy said it himself, he can't go very long without having a fight lined up. So he's not going to take a year off like he should. And he's too old to do that. 
So he's going to try and come back in three months after two nasty knockouts. I mean, this this Ilya Taporia knockout was bad. That was a bad knockout, man. Um, the the one against uh, Islam wasn't as bad as as the uh, year one, or the uh, Islam one, or I'm sorry, the fucking Ilya one. All these guys have such complicated names. But uh, dude, just I think that's a sad idea because I really do like Volk, and I think everyone does. Last thought on this, dude. Brian Ortega. 33 and three days on fight night. You got three, three, three there, baby. That's a nice little conspiracy number. He's going to be, it's his birthday on Wednesday for the birthday meet. boy. If I'm not mistaken, is this casual KO 33? This is casual KO 33. It is. I think Oh, it's a sign. It's a sign, dude. I'm taking them all day. I'm betting the house on Ortega. I'm just kidding. I would never, never do that. But uh, no, I I had a feeling Jared, you were gonna take the striker in this. Like, yeah, I know that that's your your thing, but we'll see, dude. I think that it's actually a more compelling fight than the main event. I think that the main event is almost a little bit of a mismatch, man. And I hope that I'm not, you know, giving uh, Brandon Roy Val no shot here. I know he's very dangerous, but I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Brandon Moreno knockout round three or four, man. I think he fucks this dude up. Roy Val gasses. He's going to go balls to the wall for 10 minutes, and then he's going to fade. And I think Brandon Moreno with his heart and just his skill, man, I think he fucks up Roy Val, and he think he finishes him in round three, round four. I'm going to definitely take that parlay, knock out round three, round four. Another good one is, you know, Brian Ortega's on the list of people who would gas out in this high elevation. So, you know, I'd be, I'd be staring at that Yair live line very sure. closely as well. You know, let's see Brian Ortega wrestle for three rounds, be up three rounds, and all of a sudden Yair at plus 500 is looking pretty good against a gas Brian Ortega. Because, you know, we've seen Brian Ortega look gassed before in the past. You know, Holloway definitely gave him a pass in that fight, you know. He definitely could have knocked him out a little bit earlier, you know, but he got him out of there in the fourth. I think he could have got him out of there in the third, but he was too busy telling him how to defend himself. You know, playing around, playing with his food. And, you know, I'm pretty confident that if Yair gets him in that position, he's not going to play with his food. Yeah, Alex, I don't know if anyone else mentioned that before you just did. I did not realize that the co-main was five rounds. So that's something that people need to know. And another thing is, is that this is the rightful main event here. And right. I think Brandon Moreno and Roy Val should be the co-main. Sure. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that either. Did, isn't it usually like when it's a co-main, one of the fighters requests being five? Yeah, usually, usually, interesting. but, um, yeah, man, that's very, that's very interesting for sure. And I did not know that. I don't think it takes five rounds for either of these, these, uh, headlining fights, but yeah, you wonder who, who asked for that five rounds. You got to think it'd be uh yeah, year. Right. But I don't know, man. I don't think it goes that long moving on though. Um, I gave my pick. I got Moreno all day. I think he can do it. Submission. He can do it. Knockout. Definitely inside the distance, probably round three, round four. Um, Jared, what you got here, man? All right. So for this one, I kind of have a similar opinion that I gave out about um, Kopilov in Hernandez last week. It was one of these ones where Kopilov taking that fight on short notice. It was a bad idea. I think he was too concerned with the opportunity and not concerned enough with the timing. Right. You know, growing up against a guy like Brandon Moreno, he's been at the top of the division for a while, and that's not by mistake. This isn't a guy you want to be fighting on only three weeks' notice, especially after coming off that real tough loss against a guy that has a shit ton of similarities to Moreno. Now, 
I don't know if you guys know, this is actually a rematch. This fight has happened before. I believe it was the first round. It was like a weird injury on Roy Ball's part. It was right when things were really starting to fucking heat up. But Roy Ball, you know, you got to like the guy. He's exciting. You know he's going to bring it every fight. You know what you're getting with this guy. He can scramble, but as far as offensive grappling, it's really not there. I mean, this is one of these ones. Moreno just simply has more ways to win. He's not, you know, he's really not weak anywhere. If I had to tell you somewhere Roy Ball's weak, it's got to be the grappling. I think Moreno's just going to implement his game plan. He's just way more well-rounded. He has way more ways to win. Give me Brandon Moreno. Hey, I like it. I like that. Man, I fucking... See, it's, it, to me, it's interesting. I would say he's weak in the stand-up. He's got a lot more submissions. Uh, submission wins, yeah, against shitty competition. Not shitty, but worse competition than Brandon uh, Moreno, but... Yeah, I see him as uh, deficient in the. Um, and this looks like he's a goth here. Does it? Am I crazy? Does it look like he's wearing black Dude, lipstick? I don't know if you watch South Park, but I was telling my buddy that uh, Roy Ball looks like a vamp kid. Yeah, a vamp kid, dude. One of the vamp kids. Different than emos. Um, and gods. Yeah, dude. Weird, weird little dude. He seems like a nice fucking guy though, too. I think he works with kids a lot too, because he had kind of a rough childhood. So I always respect these guys, but yeah, good point. Bringing up the short notice. I kind of, that slipped my mind. I knew that, but it did slip my mind. I might move up my round three, four to round two, three in that case, because he's, he, he fought not that long ago, dude. And he lost uh, a five tough fight, man. Yeah. A five round war. It was not close at all. Uh, This was at the end. I mean, dude, we're talking fucking two months ago. And you're taking this fight on three weeks notice. Yeah, give me round two, round three, knockout. I, I thank you for pointing that out. That's a good thing. Alex, where are you at? Why are you taking Brandon Moreno and by what method? I'm taking Roy Ball. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. I'm on Roy Ball, baby. Yeah. I'm on Roy Ball. Right. There's always controversy on a Mexican card. The Mexican crowd is going to be upset at the last fight. I think someone's going to pay Brandon Moreno to keep this fight standing and have a brawl with Roy Vall, and Roy Vall's going to piece him up, open up that scar tissue. And uh, Moreno never looks good early. I, I just got to say that right now. He's always a, one of those comeback fighters. And, you know, if you watch that fight, who really took more damage against Pantoja? It was Moreno. I think Roy Vall left that fight a little bit less with less damage. He absorbed less strikes. You know, then Moreno, you know, Pantoja landed 130, six takedowns, and uh, Pantoja landed 95 with eight takedowns. So you re- you really know Pantoja knew his game plan going into that, and I just don't trust Brandon Moreno's IQ here to just go for pure takedowns. I think he's going to want to satisfy that Mexican crowd. This is the guy who I think in the main event, he's going to – he's the main event. Like, there's a reason why they didn't put Yair and Brian Ortega. And now if you look at the last the three fights previously, there's a case for wrestling to hit the last three of those fights. And the, imagine if we see three wrestling game plans go out. Like, let's just see – let me give you an example. Brian Ortega wrestles his way to a win. Daniel Zellhuber wrestles his way to a win. Raul Rosas wrestles his way to a win. Are they really going to want to see wrestling in the main event? Dana White's going to call on the phone, make the call, and say, Brandon Moreno, got you an extra 200 i am I'm going to mail it to you like I mail it to the Nelk boys. 
You gotta stand this whole fight. Not one takedown. Thank you. We need to keep the, we need to get this crowd going. And I think he'd get pieced up. I think in a five round stand up fight, I'm gonna have to take Brandon Royval at plus 250 every single day of the week. He's the bigger guy. I think Brandon's gonna be a little bit too small here. He is the more natural flyweight. I like Brandon Royval here. I'm getting better odds on him against the guy who lost to Pantoja. You know, he was plus 180 against Pantoja. I know it's on short notice, which is why the odds are different, why I'm getting more juice. But I, I just trust him. You know, I think he's going to come in here. I, I'm assuming that he's going to work on that takedown D. And if he can keep it standing, he's he's not going to look like a plus 250. It's going to look like an even odds fight, in my opinion. I think his volume will be higher. I think he can take more damage. But, you know... It's just my opinion, and of course, looking at the first fight, that was that wasn't the case. But I, I, I just think at the moment right now, <sighs> Brandon Royval's got the got the higher ceiling. I, I really do. I, I think that yeah. Moreno's just, you know, did what he had to do. I think he's accomplished everything he, he wanted to accomplish. And and he's going to be the Volkanovski this week, in my opinion. You know, if I had to pick an apple pie shitter this week, it's going to be Moreno. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a shot on Roy Vall again, even though I lost on him on Pantoja. I just feel like... Uh, I, I just feel like he, he's he's due here. I think, you know, the American Brandon's going to get it done against the Mexican Brandon. I'm yeah, not... Yeah, bad points, uh, dude. You really don't make bad points with this because if there is anything that we know, if there is any fixing in fights, it really would be these main events, right? It, I mean, look at that Izzy Strickland thing, man. There's still something fishy in my mind about that. Um, I like Sean Strickland. I don't like Izzy as far as like people go. Um, but Israel Adesanya is by far the better, better fighter. And, and I don't get, he was, they, they kept making it a big deal that he is the most parlayed fighter in UFC history that night. So everyone had their parlays just riding on him at a, at a minus 700 favorite. And then Sean Strickland jabs his way over 25 minutes to a win. So, yeah, do you think that maybe Dana White said, hey, here's another 500,000, 200,000, like you said, and just uh, go out there and kind of fight like shit. Don't don't use your whole arsenal. Don't do your question mark kicks and your weird unorthodox striking and let this dude jab your face off. Uh, if you want to go down, go down. But just, you know. Lose this fight, buddy. They're not doing that with like uh you know Claudio Poyas Verasame or or Mohamed Namov and Eric Silva. No one really cares. There's not as much money on those fights. So there's not like what's the reason to really throw those fights? There's potentially a reason to throw these big headlining fights, and and you bring up a good point there. But I'll still have a little bit of money on Brandon Moreno. Well, I'll give you this: if Yair wins, I'm gonna be way less confident, and uh, I'm gonna be more confident. In Roy Vall if Yair wins. But yeah. if Ortega wins, I'm assuming they're going to want a Mexican to win in this co-main or main event just by, you know, matchmaking. Naturally, they, they're they not going to want that crowd to go off sour like that. So, you know, if Brian Ortega wins, I definitely won't be making a bet on Brandon. But if Yair wins, I, I'm going to take a shot on Roy Vall. That's interesting, man. Yeah. Well, shit. Uh, yeah, I think we got there, guys. Um, that was fairly quick. I, I know that we probably have some extra bets that we want to throw around. Let's do that fast because I, I try to keep these under two hours. Hour and a half is perfect. Um, Jared, you got anything for us? Any steamers? I do. I, as always, I got a four teamer steamer. 
This one's pretty juicy, like the other one that hit. You got Naimov, Torres, Tercios, there's a juice, and Yair. That's plus 830 for those four. I'm definitely going to be playing that. And then as far as the whale bet goes, Alex is going to hate to hear the second leg of this. First leg is Felipe Dos Anjos. Second leg is Brandon Moreno. The, the two of them, when I looked this morning, it was even odds. I haven't bet it yet. So if it's no longer even odds, I'm going to throw Johnny Eblen in there just to get me the plus money. That's the Bellator um, PFL thing? Yeah, so that's going to be the whale bet. But uh, as far as the four-teamer steamer, plus 30, pretty juice. Of course, Tercios is your juice. If you want to take a little bit of cut to the juice because you don't like Tercios, maybe throw Aguilar in there if you're feeling them. If you switch out Tercios with Aguilar, it's plus 680. Okay. I like that. I mean, I, I like your, your four-teamer steamer. You said that was Naimov, Torres, Tercios, which is ballsy, and then Yair? Right, that one's plus 830, and if you're not feeling ballsy or you're feeling slightly less ballsy, trade out Tercios for Aguilar, plus 680. Plus 680, okay. Um, yeah, uh, that sounds like a nice round robin, I'm sure, to uh, Alex there. As I, Alex would always be preaching. Hey, you know what? When, when I did, uh, when I bet LFA or PFL, the Point Fighters League, fucking hate PFL. Um, I tend to do round robins and it makes me so mad when I do them because I sweep. So if I yep. would have just done a fucking parlay. Winners remorse, typical degenerate. Listen, and every I'm, time I hit a parlay, I look at it and say, that's why you never round robin. <laughs> yeah. Every time I lose by one leg, you tell me. the last leg of my crying and I'm like, see, you could have just had your profit. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's, you know, it's what it could have should have type shit, but Oh, man, this Amir Albazi fight would have been so good if it was Brandon Moreno versus Amir Albazi. I think Moreno wipes the floor with Albazi there too. But um, I gave you my my uh, you know quick little two legger at the beginning. I want to try and do something, especially when I have more time. I want to try and do something. There's uh, you know this idea of like a a safe parlay or, or like something that's very locked in. Even maybe like two or three teams, but it's minus odds still. But you could put like two or three hundred bucks you know, 10, 20 units on this shit, right? Dropping the balance, as Jared would call it, the whale bet, right? Um, I want to try and do something that's very safe. But right now what I have is Naimov and Dos Santos for a nice little two-laker that's still plus money. And then uh, you could do, if you wanted to get crazy, you could add Bondar to that too. Because my goal is to get prelim parlays for these pay-per-views to where if someone wanted to buy the pay-per-view, I don't recommend doing it, but you at least can take 80 bucks and make an additional 80 bucks. You can take that 80 and buy the pay-per-view, right? I did buy the pay-per-view this last weekend because when they're really good cards, I will buy them, right? Because sometimes these things cut out and it just is a little shitty. I like seeing it clear. What a difference it makes, dude, when you get to watch these fights clear instead of all choppy and shit. Um... But yeah, I'm not doing that for. I might do it for two ninety nine. Probably not doing it for three hundred because three hundred is uh, is not as good as they cracked it up to be. And just out of principle, I want to do that. But Alex, do you have any uh, parlays or anything that you want to leave us with before we get out? Yeah, I got an easy one. Both the co-main and main. I'll go with the over one and a half in Ortega, Yair at minus three hundred. I'm going to parlay that with the over two and a half. And Moreno, Roy Vall at minus 200 should be close to even. I'm going to hit that pretty hard. And I guess if you wanted a giant round robin punt, 
You're going to go with Denis, Dennis Bondar. Puelles, plus 180. Jesus Aguilar, plus 130. We're going to punt on the round two start in Torres versus Duncan at uh, a plus 110, plus 120 range. And then if you if you want to get greedy with me on the end, throw in Roy Vall on a $26 round robin pays 500 But if you wanted to get less greedy, I guess you could throw in Ortega. And it would be it would be twenty six to pay four hundred. So one of those two is definitely I'm gonna have a little punt on that round robin all dogs five doggies together, and uh, that's all I got so far. But I'm gonna be hitting that the overs a little bit hard, even though the that we're in elevation. I, I trust the co-main and main to have some cardio. Yeah, dude, overs tend to do well in these weird scenarios, right? Because they they give it hell for five or ten minutes and then they're just done. They can't they can't go with a full fifteen and they're just they look like heavyweights out there, you know. And but the UFC's smart by not booking any heavy fighters on this. There's no welterweights on this card. There's nothing over a, over a lightweight on this, and I think that that's genius on their part. So, um, good on them. But yeah, man, fun episode, guys. Anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Teep Picks and Profit Picks. Yeah, at Teep Picks on Instagram. At Profit Picks like Nostradamus on Instagram. But I haven't been Nostradamus the past two weeks. Jared has, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's been rough. You have your ups and downs. Uh, Jared has been doing great, and that's always good. At least, uh, you know, that's the beauty of having three people on one show. You know, one of us is usually doing all right. I I went through my, my stats for last year, and whenever I'm cold, Jared's hot. So I've been meaning to just like ride him blindly when I'm on the weeks that I did horrible last year. In February, I did horrible last year. I'm doing horrible this February. I did great in January, did great in January last year. So, you know, um, middle of March, I'm not doing too good. So I'm definitely going to have a tail a lot of his bets this week as well because uh, according to last year, I didn't do too good around this time as well. He's the yin to your yang. You guys should get married, man. I like it. I like it. I know. I was so lonely last Saturday without him. I didn't even get a call. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. This is going to be a fun card. You guys make food or you guys do anything. You guys just fucking get Chipotle. Well, last time he was here, I made him him my homemade Chipotle. Oh, nice. Dude, dude, that shit's better than actual Chipotle. Oh, for sure. Dude, yeah. if If you can make homemade food, man, sometimes I'll go and get like brisket from uh from this barbecue place and i'll make cilantro lime rice i'll make some charro pinto beans i'll do the the homemade pico de gallo the guacamole all this shit and i'll i'll go oh, all out go. with brisket bowls and it's the shit but yeah we're doing a mexican feast man you ever been to a mexican restaurant you get a combination plate with a taco an enchilada and a tamale that's There's what we're one doing. right down the street we go to yep that's what we're doing here dude i'm making that that shit all fresh i'm not making the tamales a little bit too much effort for me right now, but uh, yeah, dude, late start time, 7 Eastern, so I got some time to cook and get drunk before this card starts. Hope you guys enjoy everything. Hopefully you guys make some money, and uh, we will be back next week, guys. Tune in, and good luck with your bets.